Well, hello again and welcome. It is good to be together. It's good to gather in Jesus' name and it's good to worship God. It's good to respond to God's call on our lives. It's good to hear the good news and then to see how it takes us places, how it moves us into the world in love and grace and peacemaking, how it activates us and calls us to move. Let's hear the good news today once more. We're going to begin a series of texts over the next month or so, drawing from the prophets. And so our text today is from Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 1 and verses 4 through 7. Hear this, the word of the Lord. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Let's pray. Oh God, we call upon you today to open this text up to us, that we may not be held back by all that has been or wondering and worry at all that will be, but Lord, hear this as a call for right now, for this moment, for our city, our life, our work, our families, the call to deepen and love and plant gardens and make life in this city that in its welfare we may find ours as well, Lord. The grass withers and the flower fades, but your word, O Lord, stands forever. Amen. So, happy second week of October. The, the, the leaves are changing. It feels like fall here in Bellingham. I think that's good news. I call that good news. I'm a fall fan myself. And this morning we're going to kick off a series on the Hebrew prophets and their prophetic imagination, which calls us to relinquish what binds us and receive the fullness of life in God. Now, to the people of Israel, the prophets spoke and continue to speak against false idols, against false gods, the will of the powerful to control and oppress. The prophets speak truth to these powers and principalities, naming the state of things to the people in exile, telling the truth about what must be let go of, relinquished in the process of finding their way. And these prophets turn the truth told then into another word, a one of hope. The prophets speak hope to the hopeless, liberation to the captive, expectation to the one in exile. They tell the world about hope, 
so that they hear that evil and death do not have the final word. They speak of anticipation, but not anticipation that reclaims some old way, but anticipation that the justice of God will break forth in their world, our world, and renew our call to live in unity and joy. Now, we are two weeks from Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, the night before the church celebrates All Saints' Day. And in the spirit of cultural sensitivity and the season, this morning I want to start off by talking about ghosts. Now, I've learned in this last year from my son, who is quite up-to-date on ghosts and ninjas and all things that cool five-year-old boys are into, that ghosts can be stopped by throwing water on them. Did you know this? It's true. Supposedly, it causes them to disappear. Ask Asher when he comes back up from godly play. He'll tell you about it. I don't mean to... uh, Well, before we we go on, just remember this. Water stops ghosts. (laughs) But even before we get to water, I want to acknowledge the haunting of ghosts. Now, I don't mean to alarm you by doing some sort of Halloween sermon in the middle of, uh, out of, out of nowhere. Rather, what I want to remind us of is to consider that ghosts might be an example of what haunts or what looms or what is true about the world that needs to be exposed. Think about the famous tale of A Christmas Carol. Jacob Marley is haunted, or Ebenezer Scrooge is haunted by ghosts of Christmas present, past, and yet to come. And today, I want us to attend to the past and yet to come in hopes of grounding ourselves in the presence of the Holy Ghost, God's Spirit, in the present moment. Now, these next few weeks, we'll be looking at the writings of the prophets, which all speak about a call to truth for the moment, calling us back to God in a variety of ways and preparing the way for the coming, deeply present Christ among us. So we enter these texts, and we're going to be doing so through the theme of relinquish and receive. This is the prophetic imagination of God's people. Relinquish is to tell the truth about what is breaking, broken, failing around us. We relinquish, we let go, we repent of, we confess and name what is. Truth-telling is necessary when we are holding on to idols, when we have placed other gods before God, when the systems of our nations oppress and marginalize. The prophets tell the truth to the powerful. The prophets do not fear repercussion. They speak truth to the powerful who are ignoring God's call to care for the poor and the widow. We will look at these prophetic texts and look for what they call us to relinquish. What must we let go of? And in turn, when we relinquish, we receive something. The second word of this theme is receive. While the prophets tell the truth about what must be relinquished, there is also hope for what is received in its place. We are haunted by tomorrow. 
It fills us with worry and dread. What will be of us? What will we have and will it be enough? What will become of our family and our work as future arrives? We're not only haunted by the fear of what might be, but we're also haunted by the idolizing of what we long for. Jesus, in turn, told his followers on the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew chapter 6, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So tomorrow is haunting us. It is the ghost of what is yet to come that looms. But as the people of God, we're instructed to not worry about tomorrow. Instead, we attend to what is before us, here, now, because we are a people of hope. You've heard me use the definition for hope many times, my definition for hope. Hope is the memory of God's goodness that we hold for the future. We remember that God has been good and God will be good. So we speak of hope for tomorrow as something that is completely in God's hands. We know God has been good to us so far, so why do we expect anything different for tomorrow? This frees us to look squarely at today in confidence and assurance that we need to let that be our focus alone. If tomorrow takes care of itself, if our return from exile is entrusted to the hope of God's goodness, then we can get about the work of being God's people here and now. As we look at the prophet Jeremiah's encouragement to the people in exile, we hear a profound calling to set deep roots in a foreign land, to set up shop and make our home where we don't belong. And let's be honest, with, as people of the Pacific Northwest, we like a little more independent ethic than that. At least we like to think of ourselves as choosing our own path, going out on our own adventure, discovering our own unknown country. We're called to make our own way, to chart a course, to be individuals who don't embed themselves. But as it happens time and again, the way of God's people and the way we find in Christ is counter to the way the world tells us to live. When we're told every day to lift ourselves up by the bootstraps and be self-made men and women, at the same time, the way of God's people is one of submitting in faithfulness to the place where we have found ourselves. The Holy Ghost invites us to set down roots in the present, to embrace what God has called us to today, right here, where we are. It is in doing the work set before us, right here and right now, the planting of gardens and the tilling of fields and the welfare of the city, that it is blessed, that its inhabitants flourish, that our Holy Ghost, our Holy God, is calling us to. If we are haunted by anything, isn't it in haunting of God's presence in our place, in, in, with us, the one who hovers over the waters of creation, the one who hovers among us even now as we gather. Ghosts are not all meant to spook us. The Holy Ghost is meant to call us. So what are we waiting for? 
for exile to end? Each moment we live looking at what might arrive tomorrow or fearing what will haunt us then, each time we do that, we deny God's power and presence now. So alternatively, what are we called to today, right now? Loving kindness and generosity, it starts right here and right now. Community and belonging, it starts right here, right now. The flourishing of our city and our neighborhood, the work we do starts right now. Do you long to see our community strengthen? To go deeper in discipleship of Jesus? To practice joyfully and to foster inclusivity and to be a place of refuge? The great work is here for us, right here and right now, not tomorrow and not next year. Here and now, with all y'all sitting together and the people who you spend your life with. Tomorrow, my friends, does not arrive. Tomorrow haunts us but never comes. It is all that we have today, bit by bit, step by step, but only the step that we take right now, only the field that we plant right now, only the marriage that we bless and live in right now, only the welfare of the city for today, which ensures the welfare of its people right now. The rest is a specter, a ghost, a haunting that is beyond and never arrives. I saw a thing on Facebook today, I just have to throw it in. A friend of mine who's a farmer said, now is the time to plant your tulips. You have no choice about that. <laughs> right now, go plant your tulips. That is before you today. Now, I want to bring this full circle. I mentioned that water stops ghosts, didn't I? It's a proven fact. Ask, ask any five-year-old. So do you want to relinquish the ghosts of tomorrow? The longing to return from exile that causes you to ignore the work for today? Then it comes down to water. In our tradition, water is used to baptize, to ritually cleanse, and to purify God's Spirit descends upon Jesus in his baptism, a sign and a symbol for all that are baptized to remember and to hold on to. So water is the tool of the Holy Ghost. Where water stops ghosts, holy water is the tool of the Holy Ghost. Allow me to play with my words a bit. God's presence, which haunts us in holy, this present moment kind of ways, uses water to purify us, to wash us clean, and commission us to live as God intends us to, right here and right now. Now, I got a question. Do you wash your hands before a meal and then go do a bunch of work for a while and then sit down at the table? No. That's gross. That would be going and getting your hands all dirty. No, you wash them immediately, and then you get to it. 
The feast is right before us. We go with washed hands to it and we eat and celebrate and we're filled and we live and we bring out our gifts. So are you haunted this morning? Are you stuck on wondering about what will be or fearing the inevitable? Then I invite you to come to the water. To come and drink from the fountain of God's loving presence. The water of the Holy Ghost's baptism and power in your life. Let it wash over you. I want to close with a very practical word about this. After the service, or during our worship if you feel so led, I would like to invite you to come down to the front of the sanctuary here and dip your fingers in that baptismal bowl, which is just to the left of the lectern. Your right, my left got water in it and come down dip your hand in it and if you want wipe it on your hands or if you want dip your fingers in and make the sign of the cross on your forehead and in doing so remember your baptism remember that you have been washed clean that you have been set free there's also a station in the back same thing a big bowl if you don't feel like coming up front but you want to do that on the way out and use that as a practice. And the practical application is simply this. In touching the water, in remembering the cleansing of baptism, you are now instructed to immediately get about the work of loving, caring, sharing your life, welcoming the stranger, praying for the sick, being kind to your enemy, living generously, planting gardens, whether they be real gardens or whether they be spiritual gardens, where you nurture hope and joy and promise of the good news in others. You are immediately called to be ones who repair fragmented relationships and commit to others in love and friendship. You are immediately to begin living as the picture of God's reign that we say we are. This is your call. This is our call. It is practical, and it will look very different for each of us. But as you are washed, as the ghosts which haunt you are dispelled, so therefore go and be people of the moment, living in exile and embracing it for all the beauty that it is. Go with this blessing as we pray. God, may you bless us as you send us out, as you wash us clean, as you dispel all that haunts us, and yet at the same time haunt us with your very present presence. Holy Spirit, fall upon us today, and let us be called immediately to your work in our midst and in our world that it is in the welfare of our city, the welfare of our community, that we will find our welfare as well. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.